You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and the jazz disrespect continues. This is... uh, this is getting unbelievable. So we're gonna we're gonna talk all about that. We're gonna talk MVP candidates. We're now at the halfway point of the season. Um, the All Star break is here. I've kind of been saving my MVP talk until today. That's kind of what I had prepared for today. And then the All Star draft happened last night. This was unbelievable. Um, I, I, I'm I'm very very confused at the disrespect that is being given to the Utah Jazz by both. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and it feels like the league in general. Um, Last night, the Jazz, who, by the way, are in first place in the entire NBA, not just in the West, but in first place in the entire league by two and a half games. And that's after losing four of their last seven or something like that. They've had a horrible road trip to kind of round out the end of the first half of the season. And even with that, they're two and a half games out in front of the next closest team, but yet nobody seems to respect them. And and the Jazz need to take this personally. If you're Donovan Mitchell, if you're Rudy Gobert, if you're on the Utah Jazz, if you're Quinn Snyder, who's coaching the All-Star game, you need to take this as disrespect and let it light a fire inside of you and come back stronger than ever. Because the truth is, the Jazz haven't proven anything yet. I hate to say it, Jazz fans, I live in Utah. I'm a Jazz fan. But as someone who loves sports more than any one individual team, I have to be real, especially doing this podcast. Um, you know, my, my goal is to be credible and to be real. And the truth is the Jazz have not proven anything yet. That happens in the postseason. And I think you're seeing guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, who have won multiple titles and they've been MVPs and all these things. I think you're seeing them tell us exactly how they feel about the Utah Jazz, and that is they're not scared of the Utah Jazz. Um, I don't know that anybody really is, and I don't know that they really should be just yet. Don't get me wrong, the Jazz are a fantastic team. I had them number one in my power rankings last week. They would not be there right now. Uh, That would probably be the Brooklyn Nets. But even then, I said that to me, the Jazz, while they are number one in the power rankings at that time, I said at full strength, you still got to give it to the Lakers, the Nets, um, potentially even the Clippers. I do think the Jazz could beat the Clippers in a in a playoff series. And what happened? Last year, this is a very similar thing to the Jazz, right? Last year, everybody had the Clippers as the team to beat in the West or even in the entire NBA. It was like, how on earth are you going to beat this team? They've got Paul George. They've got Kawhi Leonard. They've got Patrick Beverly. They had all these like tenacious defenders on top of really prolific scorers with Lou Williams and then, of course, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being you know two-way players. But what happened is they go into the Western Conference playoffs. It was in the bubble, so I'm curious to see what happens this season. But they go into the playoffs in the bubble, and Playoff P is, I mean, that's the most laughable name that's, that's ever existed. Um, it's almost like he created it for himself as a parody because it's the opposite. I mean, he is, he is so unclutch. It's, it's laughable, but anyway, they go into the bubble and they lose. They don't even make it to the Western conference finals. They lose in the second round, to the Denver nuggets. 
And now nobody's scared of the Clippers. Like people get that the Clippers are a good team and could do some damage and you got to take them seriously, but you're not fearing them. And that fear goes a long, long way. When you can strike fear into your opponent, it goes a long, long way. That's a huge advantage that Michael Jordan had his entire career. Everybody was scared of him. Everybody knew he was going to win. Um, similar thing with Tom Brady. He strikes fear into opponents. You know, And the Jazz, speaking of Tom Brady and the Utah Jazz and making these comparisons, the Jazz haven't proven anything yet. They haven't. It, it's not cool. Utah's not viewed as cool, you know. Um, having lived in Utah most of my life, I was I grew up in uh, the in Northern Virginia in the DC area, and um, moved to Utah when I was a kid. And I've I've traveled the world and I've lived in other places, but Utah has been home for for quite some time. And if you're looking for like big city stuff, clubs, bars, um, millions and millions of people, yeah, Utah's not Utah's not the place for you. Utah's strengths are while it does have you know some decent city life in Salt Lake. Utah's strengths are the outdoors, the quality of life. Um, you know, we've got we, we've got a lot of other things to offer, but there are things that a lot of NBA stars don't really value. You know, it's not Miami, it's not New York, it's not Los Angeles, um, it's not Chicago, and so you know, it's it's just viewed as not being cool. Which I think, you know, and again, I'm biased. I live here. I think it's an unfair assessment of the state. I think it's one of the most underrated places on earth. But again, I'm a really outdoorsy guy. I like that kind of thing. I value that kind of thing. I'm not really looking to go to clubs and whatnot. I'm more of a snowboarder and, and an outdoorsy guy. So um, so it's, it's just viewed as not being cool. And what what changes quickly, though, look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not, Tampa Bay is not Miami. Tampa Bay is not cool. It might be in a warm climate, but it's not a cool city. Like you never hear about Tampa Bay being this like amazing place, you know. And not only that, not only is it not cool, but they were the losingest franchise in all of American sports. All of American sports, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the worst winning percentage in all of sports. That's the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and uh, MLS, Major League Soccer, and the NHL. So of those five major team sports, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had literally the worst winning percentage of all of the teams in those leagues on top of being in an uncool city. But what happens? One guy, Tom Brady, decides that he's going to go play there and now everybody wants to play there. They go win a Super Bowl and it's just like an avalanche of talent that wants to go and be there because now it's cool. And so if the Jazz want to flip the script... If they don't want to get picked dead last, which I haven't even mentioned, you guys already know that's what I'm getting at. The two jazz players, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, were picked dead last uh, in yesterday's All-Star Draft. And if they want to flip the script, if they want to make people fear them, if they want to be respected, if they want to make people think that it's that Utah is cool, go win a title. Go do some serious, serious damage in the playoffs. Beat LeBron's Lakers beat Kawhi and Paul George's Clippers, beat the Nuggets, you know, get at least to the Western Conference Finals and make it interesting. At the very, very least, they've got to do something like that. But a first round exit, a second round exit, I'm sorry, nobody cares if you go and win 60 games. You're like that Atlanta Hawks team from years ago. I didn't take them seriously. I looked at the Hawks and I was like, nah. And you know who else I kind of looked at like that was the 2004 Detroit Pistons. The 2004 Detroit Pistons, I was like, yeah, they're good. 
they got it. They are. I get it. They're winning a ton of games. They're they're in the East. You know, the East back then was like not as good. Well, then they go and beat the Lakers in five games in the finals, and everybody's like, "Oh shoot, the Pistons are for real." And they were very similar to the Jazz. No superstars. They had stars, but no superstars. Um, and I've I've talked about this before, but you know they've got the defensive stopper in Ben Wallace. They had Rasheed Wallace, who was also kind of a you know an angry type of player um, to shoot the three. Also a good defender. Then they had Chauncey Billups, Mister Big Shot, clutch point guard, distributor. They had Rip Hamilton, um, Tayshawn Prince. Like it was very you know I look at Tayshawn Prince as kind of like a Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich. I look at uh, Rip Hamilton as our Donovan Mitchell. And Mike Conley and Chauncey Billups, and you know they had Ben Wallace as Rudy Gobert. Like they had, there, there's so many similarities. A great coach. Um, theirs was uh, what's his name, Brown, Larry Brown, and obviously ours is Quinn Snyder. He's, in my opinion, coach of the year to this point, uh, and he should have been coach of the year before. I mean, what he's accomplishing accomplishing with his roster is phenomenal. The the team play that he's got them all buying into. The Jazz play like a team, just like that Pistons t- team did. So if they want to make an impact, San Antonio, look at San Antonio. San Antonio is a small market. They have won five titles. It's not San Antonio is not cool. Like it, it, Nobody thinks like, oh, man, why do I want to go to a cool city? Like, let's go to San Antonio. Like that. That's about as low on the list as Salt Lake City is. And so it's not cool to, to be in San Antonio. It's not cool to be in Tampa Bay. It's not cool to be in Salt Lake City. But winning is cool. Winning is really cool. Winning changes a lot. You know, it's like in business. Like the you know, work is not so fun until you start making a grip of money. Then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, this is actually a pretty fun job. And so, something that's not cool, that's not fun, changes quickly when the result changes. So if your job sucks but you're making a grip of money, you probably stick with it because all of a sudden it's it's kind of fun because making money is fun. If you know if your city's not cool. But all of a sudden, you're winning championships, and and all the, the all that comes with that. Then all of a sudden, it's kind of cool to be in Utah. So this is now a a challenge to the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Quinn Snyder and all of the guys involved. So those are the three guys on the Jazz that are involved in the All Star game. But I'm very excited to see what they do with it. So let's let's pull up the draft. This is obviously what I'm talking about. Uh, yesterday, which I, I do love this draft that they do for the All-Star game. I think it's so fun because it's so telling because of stuff like this um, to see who these guys take. You know, in years past, they were not taking James Harden. Um, and, and I remember thinking that's so telling. Like, they don't see him the same way that the media sees him or some of the fans see him or as he sees himself. And LeBron and, and Giannis in years past kind of confirmed that, right? And so... Um, I, I love the draft. I think it's so fun to mix up the conferences and just say, "Hey, he, here are the all stars from the conferences." But you're not going to be on those teams. We're going to we're going to anoint team captains based on fan votes, and then let's see. You know, l- l- let's let's let you guys do a schoolyard pick, and 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 here's how the schoolyard pick went. So if you're on YouTube, I'll put it up. Um, but uh, so obviously the the captains were LeBron and KD. KD's not playing; he's injured. Um, but LeBron went first, and he picked. Uh, Giannis, who Giannis had been the captain the last couple of years, but Kevin Durant makes the shift over to the Eastern Conference, and he out, you know got more votes than Giannis, so he was the captain. So Giannis, then Kyrie, uh, then Steph, then Joel Embiid, then Luka, Kawhi, Jokic, 
Bradley Beal and then Jason Tatum by default became a starter uh, because of the votes and he replaced Kevin Durant. So then he by default was the last pick. And then they went to the reserves. So in the reserves, it went Harden first and Durant was picking first now um, in the second round. So Durant goes with Harden and then LeBron goes with Damian Lillard. Then Booker, Simmons, Zion, Chris Paul, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, Paul George, Nikola Vucevic, DeMontis Sabonis, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. So the, the, the number one team in the NBA has two All-Stars. Their coach is the coach of the All-Star game, one of the coaches of the All-Star game, and their two players go dead last. The amount of disrespect is, is crazy. That is, that is a blatant statement by the, the league, not the league like the NBA, but the league, the players of like, we don't fear these guys. We don't respect them. We don't even want them on our team. We just have to take them. I mean, look at the guys taken above Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. I get that it's an all-star game, and so Rudy Gobert is like not exactly the flashiest offensive guy. He's an all-star um, 90% because of his defensive abilities. But he does average 15 points a game. He's not a slouch. And he did score 21 points in last year's all-star game. So, But I, I get him going you know, pretty low on the list. But Donovan Mitchell, second to last? You're going to pick Vucevic, DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, even Paul George. There are so many guys that I would pick after Donovan Mitchell. There are so many guys that I would pick Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I would pick Donovan Mitchell ahead of so many guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. There's so many guys that I would pick Donovan Mitchell ahead of. Like, it, it's... It's crazy. Like Devin Booker wasn't even a real all-star. Devin Booker's never been a real all-star. He's been he's been an all-star twice, but only by default because guys got hurt. Um, Jalen Brown, you really think Jalen Brown is better than Donovan Mitchell? The, the Celtics are a barely above average team, and he's not even their best player. Donovan Mitchell is on the best team, and he's the best player. And they play similar positions. Paul George... On, on name only, Paul George is better than Donovan Mitchell. On real performance, I think Donovan Mitchell is better. Um, look what they did in the playoffs to him, you know. So, um, Vucevic, and when I say playoffs to him, I mean when Paul George is on the Thunder and the Jazz beat the Thunder in the playoffs. But um, Vucevic, Julius Randle, Zach Levine. Zach Levine's team sucks, and... He is the best player on that team, and he's flashy and cool, but Donovan Mitchell's flashy and cool, and he's on the best team, and his numbers are so deserving. Devin Booker, again, wasn't even a real all-star. Zion Williamson, super flashy, actually has really impressive numbers. I'm not going to argue too much there, but Donovan Mitchell is the better player. The only guys that are like surefire better than Donovan Mitchell that went in the second round, which is, again, they have to pick among the starters, then they pick among the reserves. Um, so from James Harden down through Rudy Gobert, you know, that was the pool of players that, that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were up against. I would say James Harden and Damian Lillard, it's tough to argue taking uh, Donovan Mitchell ahead of either of them. But after that, I I could argue any one of those names, Donovan Mitchell is better than them, any single one of them. And I'd be right on most. And then you'd get kind of, you're kind of like, uh, you know, splitting hairs when it comes to certain guys like Zion or Chris Paul. They're different. Chris Paul has a lot of value. I think he's better than Ben Simmons. I've gone over that a bunch. 
uh, Ben Simmons' fake rookie year and all that stuff and the, the rivalry. But this was a clear statement, a, a very clear statement. And it might be mind games. It might be LeBron and KD, LeBron in particular, playing mind games. I think LeBron has come out and said that Damian Lillard was the most disrespected player in the league and then Devin Booker behind him. Or no, he said Devin Booker was the most disrespected player in the league, Damian Lillard behind him. And I think KD and him were kind of like making a statement here. Um, KD, of course, took his teammates, Kyrie and, and James Harden. But then LeBron takes Lillard as his first pick. And then the very next pick, right on cue, is Devin Booker, the two guys that LeBron says are so disrespected. Well, the two most disrespected guys in the league now are Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And I hope so much that they have it in them to have that light of fire and improve their performance because this last road trip leading into the break was pathetic. It was a it was a pathetic showing by the Utah Jazz, dropping game after game, right after they have been given so much love by the media, and the pressure comes in and they kind of fold it a little bit. So I hope this lights a fire under them. But this was a very clear statement uh, from Kevin Durant and and LeBron James, that they just don't really care for Utah. They don't fear Utah. They don't think Utah's cool. They don't think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are cool. They almost don't even think they're deserving to be in the All-Star game, it feels like, that kind of statement. And, you know, the, the TNT crew who was broadcasting the draft, they even said something like, hey, this is, what's with the Utah Jazz slander? This is the number one team in the league, and their two best players are still sitting on the on the board. What's going on here? And LeBron you know, in his defense, I think he was trying to say, hey, look, it's no slander, it's no disrespect, but he almost made it worse. And he said, you know, just like in video games, when you're growing up, like nobody, nobody plays with the Utah Jazz. You know, I don't play with the Utah Jazz. Like, I don't care about the Utah Jazz. They're not cool enough to even like be the play with them as my, on my video games. Well, we've got a couple pictures here I'm putting up on YouTube of LeBron doing, he said, no matter how good John Stockton and Carl Malone were, you don't play with the Utah Jazz when you're growing up on, on video games. Well, here's two photos of LeBron in very different years doing a dunk that Carl Malone was the first one to do. And well, maybe he wasn't the first, but he's, he's known for it. It's like his signature move. I actually think it's a super lame dunk, but it is Carl Malone's thing. And here's very obvious photos of LeBron doing those dunks, you know, with the hand behind the head. Um, and then part of me thinks maybe he's just jealous, you know. The Utah Jazz uh, have the highest rated NBA finals in NBA history. Obviously, I get it. Michael Jordan was 90% of the reason for that. I'm a huge Jordan fan. I was actually cheering for the Bulls during that time. Long story, but the short version is, I actually, it's not a long story. It's a very short story. I grew up in the D.C. area. I was obsessed with sports from a very young age. And uh, the Washington Bullets at the time, they're now the Washington Wizards, but they were the Washington Bullets at the time, they stunk. And my five-year-old brain was like, well, the Bulls is really close to the Bullets. It's like almost the same name. And they've got this really cool guy, Michael Jordan. I was born in 81. Jordan came into the league in 84. So he's in like his third, fourth season by the time I'm five, six, really loving sports. And he was clearly the flashiest, coolest best player in the league. He played for a team with a near identical name. So I became a diehard Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls fan. And that lasted uh, for many years, even several years after I moved to Utah. Um, so I was actually cheering for the for the Bulls as a kid in high school, junior high and high school. I was cheering for the Bulls um, over the Utah Jazz in those finals. So, um, but I don't even know how I got off on that tangent now, but um you know, he's, he, I, oh, I do remember now. So LeBron's saying, you know, you don't play with Utah Jazz. 
Well, those finals were the highest rated finals in NBA history, the Jazz and Bulls finals. LeBron's finals, the lowest rated in NBA history. His his bogus bubble championship from last year, I don't want to disrespect it too much because it was just the system that everybody was placed in and he came out on top. So it is a championship, but it's definitely not the same as a regular championship. And I guarantee if you put guys like Anthony Davis on a polygraph and you said, hey, AD, do you want to quote unquote win a real one now? He would say yes, or he would say no and fail the polygraph if he said no, because I guarantee you he does not value it the same as he would value a title that was in a regular environment, packed arenas, having to travel, you know, a real, real environment um, with, you know, with, with fans and fans and travel in particular make a humongous difference. None of that existed in the bubble. It was like a, a glorified AAU tournament, you know, um, and so and that was the lowest rated finals in NBA history. So maybe LeBron's a little jealous. Okay, enough of that. Jazz, take it personal. Go make a difference. Let's see what you guys can do. I want to talk now about uh, we're at the midway point, and I've got a ton of cool stats pulled up, and I want to talk about the MVP race. Um, I'm going to drag this screen over a little bit. Okay, so the we're at the halfway point of the season, and the guys that are being talked about the most for the MVP are LeBron, Jokic, Embiid, um, Harden, I'm hearing his name thrown out there quite a bit. Probably, probably in order, it would be Embiid, LeBron, uh, Harden, and then I'd say Jokic fourth. And those are really the only names I'm hearing uh, from from the media. So I would add in there Giannis, right? So it's a kind of interesting phenomenon, the MVP voting. For whatever reason, a guy does something like average a triple-double, and we give him the MVP, the next year, he does the exact same thing, and he's literally not even in the discussion. And of course, I'm talking about what Russell Westbrook. For whatever reason, the media was like, oh, well, we gave it to him last year. Like, it's not interesting anymore. We don't care. Well, he did the exact same thing. He dragged a team that was below average to the playoffs, and he averaged a triple-double while doing it. And they're just like, nah, not that cool. We It was cool last year, not this year. And it feels like Giannis is the, the victim of that this year. Because Giannis is averaging 29 points a game, 11.7 rebounds. His PER is third in the league at 29.03. His real plus minus is 6.29, which is really good. His team's in third in the East, which isn't great, but it certainly isn't bad. And his defensive win shares, he's 19th. He's shooting nearly 56% from the field. Like there's, there's nothing. His opponent's field goal differential is a minus 4.5, which is really good. There's nothing that Giannis has done to like slip and fall off a cliff. Like he shouldn't even be in the discussion. He's the two time reigning MVP and he's not even being discussed despite his numbers being phenomenal still. So that's a very interesting phenomenon. Giannis has to be in the mix. He is in my mix. I have the same other guys as well. Obviously Embiid is having a phenomenal season, uh, by far the best season of his career. Uh, LeBron is always in the discussion because he's just that good. Uh, Harden, I've told you on a couple of occasions that to me, Harden is really proving just how good he is, um, and how valuable he is. The year he won the MVP, it was kind of a similar thing where it's like, he's doing these crazy, he's scoring 35 a game, getting a, you know, 11 assists or whatever it was. But I knew like, this is not championship play. The Houston Rockets are not a real threat. That's how I viewed the Houston Rockets. 
Um, and I was right. They never really were a threat except that one year with Chris Paul. And we talked about that yesterday. He got injured and didn't get to play that game seven against the Warriors. But James Harden has changed his game a little bit. He's shooting fewer shots. He's averaging a lot fewer points. But to me, it's actually a more valuable and more impressive style of play that actually could lead to, to a championship. Um, then another guy that's not being talked about at all, at least not that I'm hearing, is Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has the Blazers at 21 and 14, fifth in the West, and that's without CJ McCollum for most of the season and without Yusuf Nurkic for most of the season. So the second and third best players on that team are not playing, and they're 21 and 14 in the Western Conference, fifth in the West, and they have literally one guy. It's like you probably listening can't even think of another name outside of Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic on the Blazers. I mean, I'm thinking Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, but like, are these guys that are really worth even discussing? Zach Collins isn't playing either. And so he's he's got nothing to work with. Gary Trent Jr. is pretty good. I mean, obviously they've got players and I could go into deep stuff, but the average fan knows those three guys, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic. Most might not even know Nurkic. And two of those three aren't playing, but yet, Lillard's got his team fifth in the West. His PER is 26.63. I think that's like 12th. I didn't write it down here, but it's 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 high. It's good. He's third in the league in points per game at 29.8, averaging eight assists a game, shooting 93.3% from the foul line and 38.4% from three, which is not a phenomenal three-point percentage, but given the degree of difficulty that his shots are, the the, the depth that he's taking them from, the defense is being so incredibly keyed on him, double and triple teams, and he's still shooting 38.4% from three, averaging nearly 30 points a game. So Damian Lillard has to be in the discussion. The biggest knock on him is really his defense, um, but it's not even that big of a knock. His defensive win shares are not good, uh, but they are a positive. You know, It's not like his he's negatively affecting the defense too much. And opponents actually are shooting a lower percentage when guarded by him than they are uh, when guarded by others. So the opponent field goal percentage differential is one of my favorite defensive stats because if you're so good defensively, you know people will look at the obvious like blocks and steals, but that only tells a very small part of the picture. A lot of guys can get a bunch of steals by cheating into passing lanes and things like that where actually they're getting beat by on back doors and, and, and other things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Uh, well, the, the, standards, the standard traditional stats, but they do show up um, in defensive win shares and things like that. But opponent's field goal percentage is a big one because if you're such a good lockdown defender, what percentage are guys shooting when you guard them versus when other guys guard them? And Damian Lillard's actually is, it's not great, but it actually is a minus 1.6 and you want your number to be minus, meaning they're shooting a lower percentage uh, when defended by you than they are by others. And so his actually is a minus 1.6. So there's not really a huge knock on Damian Lillard, you know, and, and for those watching on YouTube, I've got stats here up on the board up on the screen. And if it's in green, that obviously means that's really good. Yellow is like kind of neutral. And these are, these are of course, MVP standards uh, compared to the rest of the league. This would all just probably be green, uh, for, you know, with the exception of a few, but, and then the red is something that's kind of like a, a, a ding on his resume, a, a knock on his resume. And you'll notice I put his record, um, the 21 and 14 record. I actually put it in green because of his the degree of difficulty at which he's doing it. Because when it comes to the MVP chatter, um, you have to take into account 
the standard traditional stats. Those are important. You have to take into account the advanced metrics, which is like PER, defensive win shares, um, opponent's field goal differential, real plus minus, which Damian Lillard is eighth in real plus minus. Real plus minus is another really cool stat that I'll explain briefly. It, it goes by your offensive real plus minus on per 100 possessions. So it takes, it takes 100 possessions and it just says, okay, offensively speaking only, how many more points is the team scoring per 100 possessions when he's on the floor versus when he's not? And then it does the same thing on defense. How many points is the team giving up per 100 possessions when he's on the floor versus when he is not? And then it combines the two and says, here's the real overall impact this player has on the court. Um, and Damian Lillard is eighth in the league at a 4.91. So his real plus minus, the team is getting an average of five more points ahead. And that's again, per 100 possessions, defensive, offensive, combine them. And it's a, it's, it's a really, really actually neat stat. It's a very telling stat. And as I was filtering down these different things, I look at defensive real plus minus, offensive real plus minus. You saw huge discrepancies with some players, Jokic being the, the key culprit. His defensive real plus minus is horrible. His offensive real plus minus is really high. And so his real total plus minus is, excuse me, is really positive. Um, same thing with James Harden. And so Steph Curry is another one. So if their offense is so great that it outweighs the negative impact that their defense is, they get a little bit of a pass. And so I went with real plus minus. And again, Lillard is eighth. Um, okay, let's move on to James Harden. Uh, points. He's 25.3. I've already said I think that's actually a positive thing um, because it, even though it's fewer, I actually think it's a positive. I've got it in yellow because it's not, it's, you know, it's, he's not among the top five or even 10 guys in the league in points per game. But uh, 25.3 is obviously really good. Assists and rebounds, doing great. 40% from three. That actually surprised me. I thought Harden was more of like a 35% from three guy, 37, 38 tops. Uh, when I think of, the volume that Harden and Lillard shoot threes at, I would have put Lillard as the better three-point shooter, but Harden actually is at 40.1. Very impressive. Turnovers are his big Achilles heel, 4.2 turnovers per game. His defensive win shares, not good, 0.054, which is really low. And then his opponent's field goal differential, opponents actually shoot better when James Harden is defending them than they do when others are defending them, which means the average NBA defender uh, gives gives people a harder time making a bucket than James Harden does. So that's the biggest knock on him. Um, okay, next guy, LeBron James. Uh, very similar to James Harden uh, in the points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, they're, they're very, very similar. Harden is leading the league in assists. Um, but uh, LeBron and James Harden almost identical in points and rebounds, and their assists are a little bit, a little bit different. But LeBron's biggest Achilles heel is his free throw shooting, you know, 69.2%. And the other thing is that's hurting LeBron that uh, I put it in yellow, third in the West uh, team record, 24 and 13. But we talked yesterday without Anthony Davis, they're seven and seven. They're a 500 team without Anthony Davis. And so that's a little bit of a knock on LeBron. Defensive win shares though, LeBron is second, second in the league in defensive win shares. And his opponents shoot 5.4% worse when he defends them than they do against others. So that's really, really good as well. And then LeBron's real plus minus is first in the league. First in the league, LeBron's real plus minus. That's a very telling stat. Um, 8.83. It was actually first by quite a bit. So that was a very impressive stat by LeBron. Okay. Next guy. Uh, we're going to go to Jokic. Um, 
Jokic, 27.1 points per game, 11 rebounds, 8.6 assists, shooting 56.7% from the field, 42%, 41.8, 42% from three, 88% from the line. He's first in PER. So many impressive offensive stats. But then you get to defensive stuff. Opponents are shooting better when he defends them than when others defend him. His win share, defensive win shares is 117th in the league. Um, his real plus minus is okay. It, it was not in the top 10. Um, and his team is underachieving. So there's a lot of talk out there for Jokic to be MVP because of the 27, 11, and almost 9. Um, but you start to look into some of these deeper metrics. Uh, PER, he was uh, first in the league at 31.61. So that was obviously the the most impressive statistic of, his, of all of his was his PER. But then you get down to defensive win shares, real plus minus, opponent field goal differential, and his team's record and all of those things are kind of like ding 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 like negative dings (laughs) um that kind of knock him down a little bit and so i would put Jokic right there in the thick of things but not uh not the mvp Giannis, we talked about him uh already uh he's third in per Uh, opponents uh do shoot quite a bit worse when he defends them and his real plus minus is very high at 6.29 but the MVP to me up to this stage of the season is Joel Embiid. He is second in PER, second in points per game, fifth in real plus minus. His team is in first place in the East. He hasn't missed too many games. I think he's missed six, which isn't too too bad. Um, he's shooting 52% from the field, 41.6% from three, 85.6% from the line. The only ding that I have on him, which isn't really even a, a ding, is his assists at 3.3. Um, I think he's fifth in the league in rebounds. Like He's just dominating across the board, and his team is dominating in the East. They're in first place. They just beat the Jazz, who are, we talked about that, and that was kind of a ripoff, but they did just beat the Jazz, who are the best team in the league at this point. There's really nothing that's that he's doing poorly. His opponents shoot... Uh, 3.5% worse when he defends them than when others do, which is obviously a good thing. It's not great, but it was, it was it's good defensively. His defensive win shares, he's 18th in the league. Literally down the line, everything you can look at, the eye test tells me that he's, that he's doing it, um, and all the metrics do. His team results s- scream it. The only thing that I didn't love was his assists at 3.3, but he's a big man, and big men don't get many assists, so it's not really much of a ding. So to this point in the season, um, Joel Embiid would be my... Uh, MVP. And in second place, I honestly would put Damian Lillard and nobody's talking about him. I would put Damian Lillard as as second and I'd probably put Harden third, LeBron fourth, um, and Giannis fifth. That would be my top five. And I would put Jokic as a sixth place. So those are my top six uh, with Embiid taking taking the lead. So that is all the time we have for today, guys. Um, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I hope you're subscribed. Uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on Anchor, on the Anchor app, whatever it is, please subscribe to the podcast. Please share the podcast. It helps me a ton. And you guys can be with it from the beginning as we grow. Remember, if you download the Anchor app or if you go to the website, it is easier. I've tested it. It is easier if you download the Anchor app. You can actually send in a voice message um, you can record it. So it'd be like making a phone call you know, to a, to a radio host. You can send in your hot take, your question, your debate. Tell me how dumb I am. Tell me how great I am. Whatever you want to do um, to debate or ask a question. 
and I can play it in an upcoming episode, which would be really fun. So you can go to STB Sports Take within the Anchor app, STB Sports Take, or simply the best sports podcast. The URL is anchor.fm slash STB Sports Take, and you can check that out. Would love to have you guys uh, submit some takes. It'd be really, really fun. But that's all the time I have for today. Have a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to this All-Star game. I am out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are warriors. Warriors.